0: Welcome everyone for joining today, this is um, our 20 sec- 21st episode excuse me, of Fintech Cafe, and we're joined by CJ McDonald, who's a founder and CEO of STEP, uh, which is uh, banking for teams. So today we'll be talking about the fintech for miners space. My name is Ambika Sharma. I am a fintech product manager and I've been working for a big bank for the last two years. And uh, prior to that, I was in uh, one of the other fintechs and then prior to that in international organizations. So I'll pass it to Manisha, who's my co-host.
1: Thank you, Ambika, and again, good evening, everyone. If you're joining to us from the side of the uh, Earth, uh, Monisha Chakrapani, I work at a bank as well, like Ambika mentioned, and. We're doing this uh, purely for the sake of fun and uh, hearing from people like CJ. So very, very excited to have you, CJ. Actually, fun fact, the first conversation, I believe, Bico was around uh, how miners are being tackled in the fintech space. So this is uh, a bit of a real- realization of that dream and trying to meet with you, CJ, and learning more about STEP. Uh, with that, I think I will uh, hand it to you, CJ. Um you know, we've heard so much about you, uh, your second startup, um, curious to learn about you and, you know, if you can share with the audience as well as your journey to STEP.
2: Yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me. Um, my name is CJ McDonald, founder and CEO at STEP, um, born and raised in the Bay Area and um, serial entrepreneur. I've been doing early stage venture-backed startups um, for my entire career and, um, I love to build. Um, I'm a zero to one guy, so I like to start from scratch. Um, But, you know, building brands, building products, building teams, building go to market strategies uh, is something that I enjoy and have done most of my career. And, um, you know, really excited about kind of our mission uh, at STEP, which is to improve the financial future of the next generation.
1: Great. Thank you. Um, so moving on to just getting at the step journey and learning a little more on that, CJ. It started in 2018, like you mentioned, with the mission to improve that financial future. Um, and I think uh, I saw the latest stats about two million customers out uh, we've been really curious about the branding aspect of it. Like what made you arrive at the naming, um, of, uh, your company as step, um, is it supposed to be, you know, a step in the financial journey? Here's your, um, your take on that.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're a consumer brand and, you know, branding is very important to, to who we are. Um, and in general, we think a lot about culture and lifestyle. money is part of our kind of day-to-day life and rich or poor, you kind of need to understand how to navigate the financial ecosystems uh, to live. Um, So with regards to the brand um, we've invested a lot of time uh, early on with building a brand that people can trust, building a brand that people could relate to um, building a brand that, you know, ultimately resonated with our target demographic and audience, which is Gen Z. Um, and, you know, the premise first step was ultimately, you know, building financial steps, um, moving forward, um, the ability to, to kind of move up uh, and along uh, your financial journey. So that's something that it resonated with us early on and we've kind of built built off of and still have a lot of work to do.
0: Got it. So um, just to understand more about the customer journey, could you tell us more about the customer problems that you're targeting and what, are, what is the customer journey and how you're targeting the relevant problems?
2: Yeah, it's always bugged us that schools don't teach kids about money, families don't talk about money, and money has really evolved and changed over the years. Um, when you think about it, most people get their first bank account before they turn 18. Uh, most people get their first uh, debit or credit card before they turn 18, and most people get their first job before they turn 18 at some level everybody is forming a relationship with money before they turn 18 you get money for you know allowance or from you know friends and family for birthdays or graduations or holidays and you're starting to form these good habits and bad habits in life and you know most financial institutions don't really tailor well towards this younger demographic and younger generation so we set out to build a brand and build a product that really started off, you know, younger and gave people the opportunity to kind of grow um, as they grow Uh, and each step of their journey in life, we can offer relevant financial products and services. So, you know, what is step? We're an FDIC insured mobile banking app. Uh, We built a secured visa spending card, uh, which is the only product in financial services that helps you establish and build credit before you turn 18. And we also built a P2P platform. So the ability to send and receive money instantly um and we built our brand we built our product really tailored at and towards the younger demographic and generation um something that, that was free something that was instant something that you know was um both uh, aspirational as well as you know from a product and a, a brand perspective that they could relate to um and I'm a big focus guy. So we set out to kind of be laser focused on this 13 to 18 year old demo, which is when most people get their first bank account and their first card. And, you know, we're, we're laser focused there. Um, But we know that people age up and we know that their financial product needs change as they grow older and mature. Um, So we expect to, you know, kind of grow with those consumers each step of their journey in life.
1: Thank you, CJ. Um, So going back to the, I mean, part of your audience is belonging to that Gen Z generation. um, And I do have a Gen Z as a child, but you probably know a lot more uh, about this generation than uh, all of us put together know. Could you share some insights about this generation? Like what's important to them? And also the decision-making process. I know there are some other competitors in this field who have, you know, different areas of focus—parent versus the child. But you've definitely made the um, the teenager a part part of your focus by leveraging some of the influencers. So, would love to hear your insights uh, that you've learned about this generation and how they handle finances.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, um, first off. Uh, I think a lot of the younger demographic and generation, you know, they don't like debt and credit. Um, A lot of them saw their parents go through the 2008, you know, financial crisis and they're just typically um, a lot more aware and concerned uh, in terms of things like debt and credit. So I think that's one thing. Um, They, they really take a sense of of pride and ownership and responsibility uh, more so than a lot of other generations. Um, They grew up with mobile devices. They grew up with instant access to a lot of different things. They grew up, you know, watching mom and dad hit a button and a car shows up to pick them up to take them out to dinner, to the airport. They grew up with, you know, watching um, an Amazon order that now shows up in some cases in less than an hour at their doorstep. So there's a lot of instant gratification and things. Um, They don't want to talk to somebody if they have questions they don't want to call somebody they don't want to go somewhere Um, they've kind of grown up in this instant chat you know world where they have questions they want to be able to hit a button or you know have something answered really really quickly Um, they grew up in in very much a self-help environment where you know things like YouTube and Google allow them to search anything and self-help and solve problems really really quickly so a lot of the decisions that we've made, you know, everything from, do we surface an 800 number or a phone number, you know, in our app when people have questions about their account versus chat, um, to language and tone to, you know, design, um, to partners that we work with. Like we really wanted to lean into this younger demographic and we really wanted to understand them. Um, I, I personally went to the movie theaters on Friday night at 6 p.m. for three months straight before I started Step. I personally went to Starbucks after school at 2.30 p.m. for three months straight. Um, I I was observing at first, you know, creepy guy in the corner, just watching people as they walked in. And I was trying to understand their relationship with money. Um, Were they paying with card or cash? Was it debit or credit? Was it, you know, was the card in their name or their parents' name? Um, Did they... Uh, have a mobile app with a banking with banking information on their phone. Um, you know how how much were they spending? How often were they coming back to Starbucks? You know on a weekly or a monthly base. Like if I was going to spend the next ten years of my life building a brand and a product for a demographic that I am not, rather than send a UX researcher out or have people you know feed information to me, I wanted to see it firsthand. I wanted to talk to people. And, you know, more so than just understanding their relationship with money, I wanted to understand the culture and lifestyle side of this generation. Um, you know, what clothing brands were they wearing? What music are they listening to? What apps are on their phone? What games are they playing? You know, what are their favorite restaurants? You know, what is the, the slang or lingo that they're using? Like, you really need to, to understand your demographic. You really need to, you know, put, put yourself in their shoes. Um, and so that was something that was really important to me that I think was one of the most valuable things that I could have done before, you know, going all in and dedicating, you know, my entire life and, you know, the next 10 plus years of it to, to building a brand and a product. Um, and I, I just learned a lot there. And we've taken a lot of those learnings um, into, you know, designing our product and designing our brand.
0: That's great to hear. Um, I'm a product manager. A lot of times I would say sometimes even we forget to uh, really understand who the customer is. We outsource that to, let's say, user design. So it's great to hear yep. the founder itself uh, took the time to understand who the customer is and what their pain points are and their lifestyle. Um, so just a point of clarification, and that is your logo is banking for teens. So would it be fair to say that your target audience is Gen Z only?
2: That's our focus right now. Um, you know, we think a lot about money and banking for the next generation. Um, But, you know, for right now, we're kind of laser focused on, you know, this 13 to 18 year old demographic. Um, And, you know, I could see that in time, we we evolve and expand that. Um, But that's where we're focused today.
0: Great. Great. So on on, on the website, I was looking at your FAQ, and it said that for a kid who's under 18, all they need to do to apply for an account is that they need to have a mobile phone and a parent or a guardian guardian to sponsor the account. Uh, So is that still applicable for kids under 14 or is it 14 and above only?
2: No, it's it's applicable. I mean, anybody under the age of 18 needs to have a parent or an adult that has, you know, we call sponsored their account. Um, We do, we KYC, you know, we have to KYC somebody over the age of 18. Uh, in order to open up a bank account and in order to issue a card. Um, you know, we took very much a bottom-up approach where we wanted to form a relationship with, in this case, the teenager. Um, something that they got excited about, something that they, you know, resonated with, something that, you know, they're they're going to mom and dad saying, Mom, dad, everybody at school, you know, has a STEP card or, you know, is using the STEP app. You know, will you sponsor me in my journey? Um and The value proposition for our product for a teen is very different than the value proposition for a parent. So when we talk about building a brand and we talk about the user experience and as a product manager, you can appreciate this. And I know there's a lot of product owners um, in the audience tonight. Um, it's, it's, It's tough enough to build a message and a brand for one demographic, let alone two. Um, and, you know, we really have a challenge where we, from a UX perspective, from brand perspective, we have to tailor to the 15 year old and we have to tailor to the parent. Um, and the value proposition is different to both. You know, the 15 year old is all excited about getting their own card. They're all excited about, you know, the ability to spend money and instantly get it on their phone. They're excited about using Apple pay. Like the parent is more concerned with things like security things like financial literacy things like building credit things like fees which we do not have any of but like these are things that parents are more concerned with so to get the messaging right for these two different demographics is challenging and you know i think we've done an okay job out of the gate but we have a lot of work to do you know moving forward still
0: Got it. Okay, thank you for explaining all that. Um, And then just one last question on this, and then I'll hand it to Manisha. And that is, um, when I was doing research regarding, let's say, STEP and some of your competitors and the banks, why are the banks not offering for all sorts of ages, not just 14 and above? I came across this one regulation. It's called Child Online Privacy Protection Act. Uh, So there are more sensitivity around what information can be obtained for the child who's who's under the age of 14. So it's not just financial regulations. It's just all digital Uh, engagement for a kid. So I wanted to understand how are you approaching this extra layer of regulatory scrutiny when it comes to the cohort that is under the age of 14?
2: Yep, so so COPPA um, really applies for 13 and under, um, and we take security very seriously at the company. Um, We, again, do not collect any personal information from anybody under the age of 13. Um, A parent would be entering their information, which a parent can do. Um, But that's why we're kind of laser focused on the 13 to 18 year old demo to start right now um, is primarily because of COPPA Um, and not that, you know, an 11 or 12 year old might not want or might not have desires to have a bank account or have a step account, but we kind of put the onus on the parent at that level um, to be able to sign up and, and, you know, enter their information. So we're not collecting it. Um, But again, in general, privacy and security and protection of our users, information, and kind of their journey with us um, is extremely important and has been from day one.
0: Got it. Thank you. Over to you,
2: Manish.
1: Um, And so building on that theme, in terms of choosing the right product for your audience, uh, you've decided to go the route of the secured card. And for those uh, who are not as close to the card space, I know CJ, you've got an history there. Um, The secured card is essentially being, um, unlike your credit card, which is unsecured, is being secured by a balance in a deposit account or otherwise. Curious about that decision. I mean, one, it clearly differentiates you in the market. And two, it creates that uh, credit building opportunity. But it's definitely a bit of a leap from some of the more Traditional prepaid and debit cards. Would love to hear what went into that decision.
2: Yeah, so a couple of things. One, obviously, building credit is a early important foundation for anybody's financial journey, and you know, credit pr- traditional credit products um, in my mind are predatory and ultimately are not in the best interest of the customer. Um, I'm aging myself, but when I went to college, they used to set up, you know, tables and give away free t-shirts and hats when you signed up for, you know, one of their credit cards and that's how they would acquire a lot of college students. Um, You know, more recent laws have prohibited and limited the ability to do that um, around college campuses. But um, the reality is, you know, when you turn 18, all the card companies, and all the bank companies kind of hit you up and they give you these really sweetheart deals, you know, year one where you have, zero annual fees or 0% balance transfers to move a balance from one card to another. And, you know, year two is when they start to get you when life happens and, you know, they charge in some cases, 25, 30% interest on a revolving credit line. Um, And, and, and a lot of people don't understand how credit cards work. So, you know, on average a college student graduates with roughly four to $5,000 in credit card debt. On top of the thirty-five thousand dollars in student student loan debt, um, that's that's the average for a graduating college student today. Forty thousand dollars of potential debt in the hole that you're entering, kind of the real world with. Um, and then you look at traditional prepaid debit cards, and you look at you know traditional checking accounts as they exist today. Um, if you overdraft on a debit card you know, a lot of banks will charge up to $35, $40 for an overdraft fee. Um, And, you know, the average consumer in the U S today pays roughly $350 in banking fees. Um, So to answer your question, when we started step and when we thought about the customer journey and we thought about the product um, we wanted to build, you know, both an account and a card structure that was a lot more consumer friendly. Um, So with our card, Um, you know, it's a secured card, like you mentioned, um, it has never really been done before, but we, we, we basically set your spending limit that is attached and secured against your deposit account. So if you have a hundred dollars in your account, you can only spend a hundred dollars. Um, so we're not actually extending credit to the end consumer, unsecured credit to the end consumer. Um, we are just basically securing their spending, uh, limit to their account. Um, there's a lot of reasons we did that again, to avoid things like overdraft fees, the way that we structure our account, you know, we have the ability to, you know, pay interest on our accounts if we want on our deposit accounts, if we want to. Um, but I think more importantly, we thought about the customer journey of why do you need multiple cards, you know, and for me, you know, I've got a Wells Fargo checking account that I signed up for when I was a teenager. And then I have you know, a Bank of America credit card. And I constantly have to move money between Wells Fargo and Bank of America. And I have a Wells Fargo debit card and I have a Bank of America credit card. So I have to I have to carry two cards in my wallet. Um, like if you look at like a more modern day FinTech like Chime, Chime has a debit card and then Chime has a credit builder product. Like if I'm a customer of Chime, I have two cards. And when I go to the gas station, I have to decide, am I going to use the green credit builder Chime card or am I going to use the white you know, debit card for this gas purchase, which is in my mind, you know, a suboptimal experience to, you know, what if the consumer pulls out the wrong card? Um, And so, you know, for us, we said, you only need one card hypothetically, and we know that life might happen and you might need to borrow money or be extended money at some point. So the way we designed our card is you can imagine a world where somebody can go into our app and, you know, basically request to borrow $50 or a hundred dollars that they might not have. And, you know, they already have the card. They don't have to go fill out another application. They don't have to wait another five to seven days for a card to show up in the mail. You know, they've been a loyal customer for us for with us for years. We could just, you know, extend them some line of credit or money for them to make that purchase while they're standing in line at the store. Um, Now to be clear, we're not planning on doing any lending or extending credit to somebody under the age of 18, but you can imagine a world where, you know, post 18 that we could offer that to somebody on that same card and that same account that they have today.
1: That's commendable. So just to clarify there, CJ, there is technically a credit profile being built for for the teens. Is that right?
2: There is. Yep.
1: Wow. If I, yeah, now that I know I have a 10 year old, I'm going to get on it. Uh, But yeah, that's commendable. Trying to teach that lesson early, especially in this day and age of uh, student
2: debt. Exactly.
1: Um, And so, moving to a little bit of a scale question, um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on how you're uh, growing. Um, You know, obviously, STEP has received a lot of uh, kudos for the tremendous growth it achieved in such a short time. And so how are you thinking? I mean, like, it seems like the three months at Starbucks and, uh, you know, watching the kids has paid off. Uh, but curious to understand how, where are you going from here in terms of scale
2: um, and growth? Yeah, look, I mean, we've publicly announced that we've crossed 2 million accounts in less than nine months. Um, we've been in market for less than a year at this point. Um, you know, we see an opportunity to uh, ultimately help millions and tens of millions of Uh, families and, um, you know, the younger demographic with their financial needs um, today in the U S and potentially global opportunities down the road. Um, But, you know, for us, um, we're definitely in a hyper growth scale phase where we're just heads down. um, We're, we're growing rapidly from a team perspective um, and hiring across several different roles. Um, We are um, growing from a consumer-based standpoint um adding thousands of accounts every single day you know on our platform um and and for us we're just trying to stay focused we're trying to stay humbled and we're trying to execute on you know delivering the best product and services for our customers so we can stay core to our mission and you know help improve the financial future of this next generation
0: thank you we have actually only five minutes left to this moderate session so very soon in, in the next five minutes we'll open up the floor to the audience So I'm going to skip a few questions, CJ, that we had for you, and I want to get to financial education. Um, Again, I want to commend you on like a lot of the effort that you're making on uh, educating teens and financial literacy. So could you just talk a little bit more about it and why it's important uh, to the different product offerings that you have, that the financial education is not like something on the side, but like core part of your actual product.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I mentioned it, it always bugged us that schools don't teach kids about money and most families don't talk about money. And again, money is one of those kind of just crucial life skills that you kind of have to understand the financial ecosystem in order to navigate life. Um, And so, you know, we think a lot about financial literacy. We think a lot about transparency and visibility around your money and, you know, helping arm and educate consumers with all the information so they can make, hopefully, responsible decisions. Um, You know, we do things like you make a purchase, we send an instant, you know, real-time notification that um, that shows the amount of the purchase that you made and what your balance looks like after the purchase. That is something that hopefully when you see that, that you just spent $7 at Starbucks and you have $25 left in your account, it's just another kind of, you know, memorable moment in, in terms of, you know, that feeling of you spent money and this is all that you have left. Um, and so, like, that's something that we do. Uh, if you look at our website today, We've got a whole Money 101 section. Um, We put out new content, you know, all the time in terms of relevant kind of financial best practices and, you know, basic Money 101 skills and things that you might want to, you know, read into or learn about um, because we think it's important in your financial journey. Um, You know, we send out at the end of each month a newsletter to our user base that has a breakdown of their spend um and their savings and you know how it compared to the month before Uh, again just a snapshot of their behaviors and gives them the ability to either talk to their parents or, or talk to people about you know their spending and saving habits um and if you look at we've been very active on social media um we we also think a lot about content in general i mentioned earlier in the conversation um on, on things like TikTok, on things like Instagram, when we're creating content, like one of the pillars you know that we lean into heavily is financial literacy and financial education. You know rather than having somebody read a book or rather than having somebody um, you know take a test to learn about something, we're trying to fit authentic organic content into their life. They're on Snapchat, they're on TikTok. You know if we can somehow use content, as a teaching moment for our audience, with something that's you know cool and that they can relate to, but it's a learning experience slash moment. You know that's something that we've tried to lean into heavily as a company and as a brand.
1: Thank you. I'm sure there'll be more questions from the audience on that, uh, but I would like to bring this session um, of the moderated part at least to an end with a final question. Um we're always uh, curious to hear especially from founders right? the vision for the future and what your vision for the company is and so if step were wildly successful, um what would that world look like right from an empowered uh customer standpoint
2: i I think from a look at the end of the day, like I said, our goal is to service tens of millions of consumers um, as their primary banking platform and their, you know, primary relationship with money. Um, And we can, we expect to continue to add products and services and features that, you know, they, they can relate to and that they would expect from their financial service and partner. Um, But we think a lot about building a generational brand and building a generational product and company. Um, Something that, you know, I've got two young kids that something that they can grow up with and, if and when they have kids um, that, you know, it'll kind of go across generations.
1: Well, all the best for the vision. I'm sure you'll be successful <laughs> um, and the wild dream will be a reality uh, at this I point. Appreciate I appreciate think- Uh, We're going to open up for audience questions, CJ, as we mentioned. And so at this point, as you all know, in the audience, if you're already used to the format, uh, please go ahead and raise the hand um, or the raise hand button. uh, If you can press that, we'll bring you up on stage for your question. Also, feel free to send your question through the uh, back channel, um, which is basically that um, paper plane on the bottom right. You can send uh, either Ambika or me a message uh, if you want to just ask the question through that route as well. And with that, Sean, welcome on stage. Um, Would you like to just go ahead and introduce introduce yourself with a question for CJ?
3: Yeah, my name is Sean Scott. I'm a principal product manager uh, at a bank. Uh, and CJ, thanks for uh, <clears throat> uh, thanks for coming in and, and, and taking the barrage of questions from Emeka and, 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 um, and Monisha today. Um, I think probably a, a question that's probably you probably often hear, especially since you're fresh from uh, a round of, of, of funding, would be: so, you know, you, you you know, sort of, there's been a huge sort of um, uh, uptick in companies that serve uh, sort of the the teen and preteen market. Do you see yourself as sort of, um, you know, is there enough space for? a green light and a step and a till or or do you see so your growth coming um in your growth coming at sort of uh, uh you know sort of your win is, is their loss i just kind of want to see how you look at sort of your segment and, and sort of how mature it is
2: yeah no good question i think you know at the end of the day um it's a very it's a large world it's a large market right like look how many banks you know operate in the u.s today at you know billions of dollars um look at, you know, how many people are in the the U.S. today. Um, There's about 35 million teens in the U.S. Uh, There's about 75 million people under the age of 21 in the U.S. Um, And so it's a big market. Um, I I think a lot of our growth, a lot of, you know, some of the companies' growth that you mentioned has come at the expense of large traditional banks. Um, because I don't believe that a lot of the incumbents are paying attention to this younger demographic and generation. Um, You know, you look at a slightly older demographic with products like Robinhood and what they have done to the trading world, right? Like you had Schwab at E-Trade. You had a lot of legacy platforms and, you know, uh, a group out of Palo Alto came and, and built a platform that now has, you know, tens of millions of people and uh, a market cap larger than, you know, a bunch of these guys combined um, that have lost, you know, and haven't paid attention to this younger demographic. You look at a great company like Chime um, that, you know, built a product and over the course of the last five years, you know, has accumulated, you know, 10 plus million people on a platform where most of those people either wouldn't have had a, uh, wouldn't have had an account or would have been working with you know a traditional platform and institution so i mean to answer your question i think it's a it's a massive market i think there's room for multiple players in it Um, we are just laser focused right now on this 13 to 18 year old demo Um, and you know we got more than 2 million accounts in less than nine months and we think we can get to 5 million accounts next year and 10 million accounts the year after and just continue to kind of scale and grow the business from here Thank you.
0: Thanks, Sean. Sure. Nazila, hi. Welcome back. Hi there. Do inter- oh. Hi. Do you want to introduce yourself and ask your questions?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm Nazila. I'm based out of New York, and uh, I'm in fintech. Um, CJ, really good discussion and uh, product. My question is around uh, access. Uh, you know, in this sort of market that you're looking at, uh, the 13 to 18-year-olds, there's, you know, obviously uh, – Teenagers who come from different backgrounds. Some come from underprivileged backgrounds, and in a lot of cases, like parents, sort of encourage, you know, uh, kids to sort of, you know, build credit and, you know, acquire financial knowledge. So, how do you ensure uh, that access uh, to all kinds of uh, markets in this uh, thirteen to eighteen-year-old demographic?
2: Yeah, great question. Nice to meet you. Um... I think a lot about financial inclusion. Um, you know, there's, when, when you talk about access, um, we're trying to create an open platform that, you know, is both accessible and, um, and available to, you know, underserved communities, um, people that don't typically have access to financial services and products. Um, and, and, you know, there's a number of steps that we've taken in order to, to kind of open that up and diversify, you know, to to a lot of different communities. Um, first off, we made the decision very early on that we're not going to charge any fees, right? Because not everybody can afford $5 a month to pay for uh, a bank account or a prepaid debit card. Um, so it was really important to us to figure out a way to not, to build a business and not have to charge, you know, our customer base any fees. Um, secondly, you know, geographically you can sign up for a step account today, anywhere in the U S in less than 60 seconds. Um, and you can instantly in less than 60 seconds, have a virtual card number that you can, you know, link any bank account, like any debit card and fund your account and start using your step account in less than 60 seconds, or, you know, um, uh, push your card into something like Apple pay or Google pay and have access to go use a, a digital payment method. In less than a minute um, so the the only you know the only requirement that we have right now is that you have the ability you have a phone or you have the ability to access an account you know um, by by signing up a, an account you know from your phone outside of that um, there's no fees there's no restrictions and you know we're hoping to to open it up to lots of different backgrounds and communities um, you know today across the us Thank you.
0: Sure. Okay, Thank you, Nazila. And Alex, hi. You're on mute if you're speaking. Oops, we go. Sorry about that. Um,
2: yeah, hi. I'm Alex. I'm a, a UX design manager at a, a large financial institution. And uh, CJ, I was I just was kind of curious. Cur- go ahead.
0: I think there no, was an ahead. echo. Go ahead. Oh, OK. OK.
2: Um, I was just gonna say um I'm curious about some of the surprising things you've learned while designing for both teens and parents. You know, uh, as a designer I'm always curious about uh, some of the interesting, you know, uh findings people come up with and, and little things you 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 would say like are counterintuitive. Not trying to ask you to give away any secret sauce, but just uh love to hear a story or two. Yeah, so a couple things. So one, you know, a really surprising thing for us was the number of teenagers that change phone numbers right so we 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 made a decision earlier on to anchor accounts to phone numbers versus email addresses um, not as many teens have email addresses or are even using email versus text and some of the messenger apps and stuff like that so you know we made this decision where i've had the same phone number since i was in high school um i haven't changed my phone number even though i you know, I went to college on the East Coast. I moved back to the West Coast. I still have a Connecticut area code, um, and I, it was just shocking to me the number of folks in this younger demographic that you know are constantly like switching phone numbers, um, which just made it very complicated from a UX perspective because um, you know they're writing into the customer support. They want they got a new phone, they got a new phone number, and you know we have to basically verify their identity and. Um, And then we also have bad actors like fraudsters that, you know, are, are trying to trick the system. And so they're calling in saying they switched their phone number and whatnot. Um, So that was something that I definitely did not anticipate. um, And that, you know, we just had to spend a lot of time from a design perspective and from an overall, you know, product perspective, um, dealing with and and addressing. Um, Again, we've got two plus million accounts now, and we get people that write in and, want to switch their phone number all the time.
4: Thanks.
3: Sure.
0: Thanks, Alex. Hi, Deidre. Hey
4: there. So, um, hi, I am actually a, a UX researcher in financial services. And I just got a goofy grin on my face when I heard how much time you spent actually watching who would be your future customer. Um, I think a lot of people don't and they rely on research to give them the highlights instead of going to see for themselves. So bravo to you for that. Um, So my question is, um, no matter how much the teens may want it, ultimately they do have an adult that is the gatekeeper. And I'm wondering if you count on kids, um, convincing their parent or or guardian, um, that this is a good thing to sign up for and please do it with them? Or do you have some aspect of your, um, advertising or, you know, value prop that is aimed towards parents, um, I'm 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 speaking from when I was a teenager, I had a lot of my no one in my family was financially um, savvy. <laughs> and yep. it re, and that and I wound up, you know, in my early twenties getting in you know, a lot of, you know, credit card debt. You mentioned it earlier, um, yep. just because I wasn't I wasn't taught. And so I'm not so sure that if I had gone to my mom she would have been down to sign up for this. Um, maybe she would, maybe she wouldn't. I don't know. So how are you handling parents that just may not really care?
2: Yeah. It's a good question. And um, you know, we, we very much have to take a multi-prong approach because let's just take you for an example. Like if if, if you roll to your mom and say, Mom, again, everybody at the school has this thing called STEP, it helps me build credit, it's free you know, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And mom's like, I've never heard of this, right? Like, what the heck is this thing? And how do I know it's legit? Is this a scam? Like, what are they going to do with my information? Like, Mm -hmm. is this really a good thing? Like, we absolutely get those questions right now. And, you know, that's on us to build both the trust, the loyalty, the brand. Um, And some of that's going to come with time. Some of that's going to come with great user experience. Um, Some of that's going to come with referrals, Uh, Where maybe your mom, you know, is out to coffee or tea with one of her friends the next day and one of her friends says, hey, my daughter just came to me with this thing called STEP and I looked into it and we signed up and it was really awesome. Or, yeah, we've been using this thing called STEP for the past month. Um, Have you heard about it? And now you brought it to your mom. She hadn't heard about it. She was a little Mm -hmm. resistant or against it. But, you know, she hears about it from a friend or somebody else at school. Um, you know, maybe, maybe she sees, you know, something that we're doing on social media or, you know, one of the campaigns that we're running out in the wild and, you know, it resonates with her. Um, Maybe she reads, she's coming across, you know, April's financial literacy month. Maybe she's coming across an article that we wrote that's talking about building credit and how important financial literacy is and how Mm -hmm. that's core to our mission. Like I would say you're asking the right question as a parent and you're asking the right question that, you know, it's, it's, We've got some work to do to build that credibility, and we've got some work to do to, you know, build the trust of the parent. So when you do go to mom, she feels good about it, or she feels well educated. Um, with that said, I can look myself in the mirror, and I know that the product that we've got out there has all the best intentions. Like we're not like a traditional bank or card company trying to trick you or charge you fees, you know, mm-hmm. or fake left or go right. We we truly are trying to put. The customer first and you know we truly did build the product with guardrails and protection for you know for kids out there or for the younger demographics so they don't get into trouble so what happened to you growing up doesn't happen to this next generation and so again i feel really good about that and if i have to get on you know, TV, or if I have to sit down with a parent and have a conversation and ask, they ask hard questions about like, what are our intentions or why are we doing what we're doing? Or, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's an easy conversation and, and and devils in the details. Once they use the product, they'll see that themselves.
4: Thank you for that. Um, Ambika, may I ask another question, please?
0: Yeah, sure. Go ahead. We only okay. have two more on the, in the back channel. So go ahead.
4: Okay. So, I'm thinking about, thank you for that, that great answer, by the way. Um, sure. I'm thinking about a friend of mine when her son was a teenager, he worked um, at a fast food joint down south called Bojangles. It was a chicken place. And, Bojangles, all right. Yep, Bojangles. Let's go, let's go, Bo. <laughs> I, I wish, I really wish I missed Bojangles. Um, I, she, um I started thinking about chicken and totally lost my train of thought. Um, her son worked at Bojangles and when, I mean, I'm old. When I was a teenager, I would like get I would get a check and I'd have to deposit it or I have to cash it. And I would get actual like cash, you know, that I would carry. I had a wallet. I put the money in my wallet. Her son, um, was given, uh, basically like a debit card from Bojangles that like said, Bojangles on it. Um, money just showed up. Um, so she was worried that he would not learn about money because when it's he never touched it, it just showed up on his card and he would spend it. Um, and if there was an overdraft fee, I mean, it still was electronic, so he never really. She worried that he didn't learn the value of money or mo- what money really is. And I cannot. Think of the last time I actually got cash, you know, because of COVID. And we're also, you know, digital now. Have you found that there is a, a subset um, of your audience that you find that just doesn't understand the power of money or where it comes from or or, or things like that?
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, obviously if I'm holding a $20 bill in my hand um, and I go spend, you know, $10 and I get 10 back, like you, you feel mm-hmm. that, right? Cause you just, now you only have 10 left. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the reality is, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of shifting into a cashless world and era regardless of mm-hmm. whether we exist or not. Right. Like you look at services that a lot of people and a lot of people in this, in the audience use today, every single day, right? Uber, Amazon, DoorDash, uh, the app store, um, the way we shop, the way we transact. um, There's been this massive digital shift. Mm -hmm. Um, The pandemic has only highlighted that, right? Like people were not allowed to leave their house. Businesses were closed. Um, You know, there were several businesses that accepted cash and did not accept anything else that had to rethink that decision you know, based on the pandemic, um, and so I think I think I think the pandemic accelerated the need that hey, like ca- cash could be perceived as dirty in the sense that somebody else was <laughs> touching it and you don't know where it was before, right? And right. so we we are trying to use a modern day approach as an advantage. Where I could argue on the other side of the coin that the $20 bill that I talked about when I went to Starbucks and I spent 10 and yes, you you have the $10, but then you go somewhere else and you spend five, then you go somewhere else and you spend two. When you think back a week later, what happened to that $20 cash bill? Like it's probably pretty hard to remember exactly how and where it was spent. Right. Um, when you go back a month or two months later, you probably have no idea, you know, cause there's another $20 bill and there's another $20 bill and you went out to eat one night and you had to go buy you know a new shirt for work and you had to buy you know gas for your car and like when you add up life and you look back like cash is unless you're really diligent and you either have Mm -hmm. a checkbook or a ledger that you're managing every single day you know to go back and you know kind of budget or think through where your money went last month is going to be really really hard Um, in a digital environment and with our app specifically i can only speak to like you know, again, we send a push notification after every transaction saying, Hey, Deidre, you just spent $10. You know, you only have $10 left. Mm -hmm. Um, we also have a transaction history that shows every single transaction that you made and you can actually go down by month and see all the transactions that you made by month. Um, I mentioned, you know, we send out right now, uh, a monthly recap of your spending and how that compared to the month before. Um, you know, we're going to start to surface a lot of this information in the app as well. So I think that, you know, there's an ability to lean into digital, you know, and a modern platform to make it more educational, as well as a better user experience for the end consumer um, with uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of of advantages that you would not get, you know, from cash or checks.
4: Okay, thank you. Thank you very much for your time.
2: Of course, thank you.
0: Thanks, Deidre. and uh, I think it's Sifat. Sorry if I mispronounced your name.
2: Hey,
3: yes, it is, guys. Uh, just a quick—I know we're short on time—but just a quick sound check. Is it too noisy in the background? Are you guys able to hear me? No, you're good. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for hosting this. And hi, CJ. Um, I've been uh, listening to this, and I-, I wanted to ask this question sooner. I hope it's not too late, but I'm—I'm—I'm uh, I'm, I'm definitely. Um, astonished um at the experience you you had when you were uh observing your 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 future customers slash consumer uh, and i wanted to dig a bit more into that um see like i mean when uh, when product managers observe customers typically you know they stand in the corner um I, I guess the nuance um i guess the nuance you had was the the consumer and the customer were two separate
2: you cut out real quick, Sifat.
3: So ...challenges you had uh, in as, uh, any sort of... Am I cutting out?
1: Yeah, we lost you there for a good five seconds. Uh,
0: okay,
3: okay, sorry. I'll, I'll try this again, but... Um, are you able to speak to uh, the challenges you had uh, when soliciting any sort of um, uh, input from your customer or consumer, uh, and how did you how
2: did you overcome that? Yeah, look, I mean, like first off, we're constantly doing research. Um, we talk to customers every single day. Um, I, I was diligent, you know, for the first, uh, year of literally going in and, um, doing customer support and talking to customers firsthand as well. Like once we launched the product, um, and I would ask questions, you know, about the user experience. I'd ask questions about features. Um, I'd ask questions about how they heard about us. Um, so I, and I, I need to find more time to, you know, just do more of that because I learned so much. And then when we think about our product roadmap, when we think about all the things that are important to us, you know, sourcing customer feedback is, you know, in my mind, the best way um, to think through things that from a customer experience. Um, and so, you know, we have a team of people that do that. We we do surveys, uh, we do focus groups and insights and, and in terms of like, what's working, what we're doing well, what we're not doing well, things that we can improve upon. And we'll continue to do that. Um, you know, I think the, the challenge when you start sourcing this feedback or asking the questions is you get a lot of different opinions, right? You get like different edge cases and use cases, which might fit, you know, a small subset of the world that isn't worth investing the time at this point, you know? So, um, a lot of my life, I think about like an 80-20 rule where how can you service or how can you, you know, solve for 80% of something. Um, and so when we're looking at feature, we're looking at, you know, product feedback from consumers that we talk to. Um, we really think about, you know, how impactful is this across our platform when we start thinking about millions and millions of people and servicing You know, them. Um, But I think that's how we think about the the world, and that's how we think about making decisions at the company.
3: Awesome. Thank you. Uh, How was that different before you launched your product or before, you know, word of mouth kicked in? And you, you know, like you said, you were in a coffee shop or at a theater observing people making their purchases for. their their children um how was that experience and what were the challenges there when you tried to or or did you try and engage with the parents at all at that point
2: oh absolutely i mean we sat down with parents we sat down with families with parents and teens together Um, we did all sorts of focus groups we did all sorts of interviews um middle school students high school students college students you know I, i think when we were doing a lot of that work the question is is You know, what are we building and what are we solving for? Um, And we got conviction pretty early that there was this voiding gap in the market as it pertains to money and as it pertains to financial services for the younger demographic and younger generation. Um, We got conviction and we got confirmation that most people, when they turn 13 or 14, are both have a need for a relationship with money as well as just a, a, a need to have product and service, um, that kind of pertain to money. Um, I mean, you look at products like Venmo cash app, um, you know, most of those products require you to be 18 years or older to be on them. But, you know, when you peel the onion back and you look at the number of under 18 year olds that are either lying about their age or using the product because there's a demand and there's a need, um, it's it's something that you know that's one of the things that we just set out to solve for was let's jumpstart the financial journey with a strong foundation with the right products and let's grow with that consumer like I mentioned early in the conversation each step of their journey in life um, and a lot of that research that we did early on just gave us conviction to to kind of go build the core foundation as a starting point.
3: Great, thank you so much for your input. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you.
0: Monisha, I think you had a question from the back channel. Do you want to read it?
1: Sure. I think this one is from Yunus Hassan, um, and his question was about engaging the customer base. CJ, what are some of the ways in which you um, you have them come back for some um, credit building behavior or otherwise? Right. Uh, what step?
2: How are we engaging them? Or
1: one yes. more time. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. How, how are you uh, keeping them engaged uh, with the program?
2: So, I I mean, again, I mentioned earlier, like we think a lot about content. Um, We think a lot about culture and lifestyle. Um, We think a lot about connecting, you know, with our consumers, you know, past just money, you know uh, we want to build a brand of trust. We want to build a brand that they can ultimately relate to Um, and people's financial needs change, like as you get a little bit older, you know, your, your needs change. Um, you might get your first job and now you're starting to get a paycheck and, you know, where are you going to deposit that paycheck? And, you know, what information are you going to surface around, you know, an upcoming paycheck? Um, you know, once you start to make a little bit of money, you know, there's, there becomes that balance between spending and savings. And so, Again, we've really just been thoughtful in terms of you know, building that relationship, building that trust you know, with our consumer base and building a brand that they can relate to. And I think there's a lot of different ways that we can do that. And there's a lot of different touch points. I mentioned that you know, a lot of our demographics spends time on social media. So you know, if they're on social media, if they're browsing through TikTok and you know, they happen to see some content that we put out that they say, oh, this is really cool. And like I said, some of that might be educational, some of it might just be funny um, and entertaining, Um, but if we can connect with them and kind of capture their attention, it's another kind of, uh, it's another data point and it's another opportunity for us to build that relationship. Um, If, you know, if their friends start using STEP, right, and now you start to look at something like our peer-to-peer platform where you and I go, whatever, grab pizza, And I say, Hey, you owe me $5 and we're transacting on step. Boom. There's that mutual connection between a friend of mine of what used to be, here's the $5 bill. And now it's a kind of digital transaction in a peer to peer environment. Again, another kind of affirmation and and connection between us and now hopefully a a group of friends. Um, And so we look for these moments to kind of build relationships, build loyalty and connect with our consumers, um, you know, uh, on another level.
0: Great. Thank you. And then we have two minutes. So I'll ask um, there are two questions and I think both of them are pertinent. One is about, around security and the questions from James Sontag. He's in the audience and he wants to know, um, how do you allow sponsors control over where a, where our students spend our students sorry a kid spends money so like can I say don't spend it for alcohol or marijuana etc like do you provide such type of controls?
2: So that's a great question, James. And um, we made a strategic decision very early on not to put controls on our you know product. Um, I could see where some parents may want that or think that that's a cool feature, but we think a lot about, you know, the long-term longevity of building a relationship with our customer base. And the reality is if a 15 year old wants to buy marijuana or alcohol, whether they have a card or whether they have cash or, you know, crypto or whatever it is, they're going to figure it out. Right? Like, so if, if a parent blocks their card from shopping at a certain merchant or certain store, they will figure out a way to get whatever they want. Um, And so, you know, again, with our platform, a parent has visibility into a transaction that's made. So, you know, we don't proactively allow them to block a merchant or we don't proactively push a push notification to the parent that says, you know, CJ just bought alcohol at, you know, so-and-so liquor store, but they have a list of my transaction history as a sponsor of my account. Um, we really think about building the trust and the relationship with the end consumer, which in this case is the teenager. Um, and so, you know, we want to side with the parent without kind of breaching the trust and, you know, the relationship building on the, on the teenager side. And just, we made a strategic decision, you know, not to allow parents to block, you know, certain merchants or MCC codes.
0: That's, that's bold, CJ. I'm glad we asked you that question. Sure. Um, and the last one, we are out of time, but it's from Alok, and uh, he's at, he wants to know your monetization strategy. Um, and he's asking, is it mostly money through interchange fees?
2: Yeah, great question. So uh, we do um, monetize through interchange. Um, so we've got a card. Um, it's on the Visa network. It's accepted globally anywhere Visa is accepted. Um we are not building a business solely on interchange. Um, We think a lot about the lifetime value, the customer, you know, you can imagine a world where things like lending, things like investments, um, you know, other products and services and features that will also be a monetization opportunity um, are are things that as our customer, you know, grows and, and ages up, um, you know, we'll continue to kind of look for opportunities um, in a, partnership format of not trying to uh, gouge them or or charge them unwarranted or unnecessary fees, but um, there will be monetization opportunities kind of along the lifetime value of the customer.
0: Great. Perfect. Thank you. And usually we ask uh, the founders or whoever our guest is, if they have any shout outs regarding any roles you're hiring for. Um, A lot of times we have like product managers and engineers in the audience. And that's one of the questions they hesitate to ask. So anything around uh, careers at, stuff?
2: Yeah, we are growing. Um, We are hiring across the board. Um, We are looking for engineering roles um, at all levels and, you know, kind of all different backgrounds. Um, We are hiring on the product and design side. Um, We are hiring on the growth side. We are hiring on the customer support side. Um, So I'd say if any of this resonates with you, um, again, a very mission and impact driven company that's trying to change the world and improve the financial future of the next generation uh we'd love to talk to you if this sounds interesting
4: or if you have friends
2: right (laughs) a lot of people here might have friends um and the other thing is timing is everything in life even if you're not looking um we we love to kind of connect with smart people and great people and build relationships and if and when the time's right you know maybe there's an opportunity to do some work together
0: perfect thank you monisha any closing remarks from you
1: no, uh, thank you so much again, CJ. This was fantastic and I learned a lot. And yeah, I think uh, would love to stay connected.
2: Yeah, likewise. Appreciate you guys having me. Um, really fun conversation and uh, look forward to keeping in touch.
0: Yeah, thank you. And thank you again uh, for the audience listening in and for those who joined up here to ask us questions. We appreciate your time and uh, energy today. Thanks, everyone. Have thank a good you. evening.
2: Thanks, everyone.